we tell ourselves like once I do everything, then I can treat myself to myself to pleasure. And that time just never comes. So I tell my clients, instead of using pleasure as a reward, make it a priority. And when you begin to start with pleasure, starting your day in pleasure, you move through your day in this embodiment of pleasure, which makes you like it makes you feel more turned on in touch with your creative energy makes you more magnetic to things that serve you and i feel like there's just this sense of ease when you move through your day Hey there, this is Pussy Empowered Podcast, and I'm your host, Alyssa Aparicio. I'm equal parts Bronx bitch and mountain witch. I believe that when you untame your pussy, you access your power. As the CEO of Pussy Empowered, I hold space for women to do this with a holistic approach that incorporates mind, body, emotion, and spirit. As an erotic performer and choreographer, I surrender to new heights of embodied, expressed art and performance. On this podcast, I share about my approach to pussy power and interview fellow paradigm shifting badasses about theirs today's chat is with australian sexual empowerment coach and entrepreneur Asti marie before we begin i want to share that personally i've moved away from using the terminology of masculine and feminine in my own practice however many of my peers find this terminology helpful within their practices As an interviewer, I hope to get better at diving into nuances and differing opinions in the moment rather than my previous default to keeping the conversation flowing. It's okay for words and beliefs to differ and my interviewees don't always have to hold the same approaches as I do, and that's a-okay. Each of my guests are so knowledgeable on their own topics of expertise, and I'm grateful for them. I hope that these conversations continually inspire you to come to your own conclusions. Okay, now let's get to the juicy stuff. Hi. Hello, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Look so glamorous already. Oh, babe, I've been up since 6.30. Damn. I had my first coaching call at 7 a.m. Wow. So woke up and straight into some empowerment calls, which is exciting. Best way to start the day. Yeah. I don't. My day doesn't even start till, like... I don't even wake up till like 11 odd days. So yeah. Power to you. Yeah. That was my life for a long time while dancing. And my goal was always to have early mornings and I'm finally there. (laughs) Mm, That's beautiful. We're going to talk more about that for sure. Yeah. Take a minute to welcome you and introduce you. You look stunning. Thank you. I, you know, I, (laughs) I, yeah, I had a, um, a very decadent cry a little while ago. And <laughs> so I'm just happy I could get it together and get here, but I'm really uh, happy that we got to push this back a little bit, but we'll talk more yeah. about that probably. <sighs> so this is Asimari. She is a sexuality, uh, sexual empowerment coach, the founder of pleasure treasures, which is uh, my favorite warm brand that uh, we're going to talk a lot about because I can't wait to talk to you about this. I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time and finally the stars aligned, but you also talk about intimacy and relationship and you're based in Australia. Is there anything else that you want to underline? I don't think so. I think we're going to dive into it anyway once we go ahead with this chat. Totally. Yeah. I'm so excited. We've been going back and forwards a lot, and I feel like there's so much in our journey that's so aligned, and we have very similar 
um, experiences and a similar journey. So it's going to be interesting having this chat. I'm excited. I agree. It's long overdue. Ah, so yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Like that, that overlap, I think something that you're public about in your journey that, that I'm public about my journey too, is having been a stripper and Mm. also like, I'm really curious about that journey for you of stepping into entrepreneurship and, you know, was that like a clean cut for you? Was it hard for you to leave that world? Was it easy? Um, I'm curious. Why don't we start there? Yeah. So, I mean, the reason I got into coaching was because of stripping. So stripping was my stepping stone into the work that I'm doing now for a couple of reasons. I think one of the main ones was everything that stripping gave me. And I'm always really careful the way that I talk about this because it's really empowering for some women, but it's not always the case. So I was lucky that stripping was empowering for me and I gained so much out of it in terms of like the freedom of expression and sexual empowerment and boundaries and um, worthiness around money and all like body confidence, all of that good stuff. And throughout the years, I feel like I really evolved as a woman and became more confident in who I was. And I knew that I wanted to offer that to other women, but outside of the strip club in a more safe and supportive container. Um, I also recognized that while I was stripping, and you can probably relate to this, it's like women kind of meet you both with like fascination and like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I can't believe you do that. That's so cool. Tell me more. But at the same time, kind of like, Oh, like, I can't believe you do that. Like, that's so dirty. Like, yuck. Like, what does your, what does your family think? What does your boyfriend think? So it's almost like people are really like intrigued by it all, but also really judgmental. And I was receiving like being met in both of those energies for a long time. And then I realized that as strippers, we really are like the full embodiment of what it means to be a sexually empowered woman. We're so in touch with our sexuality. And so really I was just being a mirror for women to see where they need to accept themselves more. And they were relating to me in the same way that they were relating to their own sexuality or their own inner slut. So like, right, like you meet yourself and you're like, oh, I really love to explore my sexuality or be more sexually free. But at the same time, most women are judging that part of themselves. Like, oh, that's dirty, that's shameful, that's disgusting. I'm not allowed to do that. And so that's when I realized, like, as a society and women specifically, we're so disconnected from our sexuality. And I believe that's the reason why so many women have this sense of not being whole and not feeling like we're enough because we lose touch with this part of ourselves that's, like, that's our power. That's the most powerful aspect of ourselves. We lose touch with that. We no longer feel whole and complete. And then what happens is we tend to look outside of ourselves and we climb the ladder in the career that we're in or we're trying to tick the next box of what we need to do to become successful or to feel like we're enough. But really that all starts within. And I think for most women, the most empowering way to work on that within is by reclaiming your sexuality. You reclaim that wholeness, you feel enough, And it's no longer something that you need to prove. It's no longer about ticking boxes or external achievements. You're just inherently enough and worthy because you are. Mm. Mm, mm. Mm, mm, Wow. mm. (laughs) Like let's start off with that big feast of an introduction. There's so much to say there and I resonate so much. Like, 
on so many levels, you know, it's interesting. I think I've been met with the idea often that, oh, but you empower, you, you teach about pussy empowerment, but you are a stripper and like, that's not empower. Like people have so many biases about that, um, that you're totally right. Reflect yeah. exactly where they're, at, where they're at with their sexuality and triggers them mm-hmm. in the spaces that they are, um, where they feel closed off or they feel but they they have work to do in that space, you know, yeah, and spaces exactly. around sexual empowerment that are also, also divert that shame towards sex workers and strippers. And it's like, well, this isn't healing anything either. It's just diverting the shame. Right. Um, yeah. it's so right. That like going towards that, that shame spot and like really eradicating, reclaiming sexuality is where it's at. It's like the mm-hmm. bottom line. I did also notice that if if you feel like you're receiving criticism from somebody, it's also a piece within yourself that you need to learn to embody more or need to learn to love and accept more. So in the beginning of my journey, I um, wasn't quite sure and I was really afraid of what other people would think. So I feel like that was picked up by the people around me and I was criticized and I was shamed more. As my journey of being a stripper progressed and I like became more comfortable and confident within that people around me didn't really care so much I feel like I just owned it so much that I was like yeah I'm a stripper and people were just like okay cool that's what she does so I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a reflection almost both ways Ooh, interesting that just brought to mind so many conversations I've had or like you know on my Instagram people are always assuming that oh you must get so much like uncomfortable comments and and weird things in your dms i'm like actually i don't yeah Um, (laughs) and but there's been times when like i expressed some vulnerability in a post or something and then there's in that moment i saw like this like almost like a window where people were like oh i'm gonna attack you in that in that spot right there yeah like i was being vulnerable on purpose i'm not falling for that but you know it's just it's interesting to see that way that that they're that like interaction unfolds mm, yeah um, so fascinating so um, when you go ahead i was gonna say to answer the second part of your question i feel like i can talk about sexual empowerment all day long so i get asked a question and i'm i always get on these calls and i'm like i have nothing to say i'm like i i don't know any anything and then i start talking and it's like <laughs> everything just comes up um oh, it was actually challenging for me to leave stripping for a few reasons, obviously like the money, it's such a huge safety net. And I, over the years, I think really eased myself off where I was cutting down the shifts going from like three days to two day to one day. Um, and it was actually one of my best friends who was chatting to me and saying like, why are you still doing it? Like I was making really good money in my company. She was like, you just need to quit. So it was really like, I think I was actually on a podcast. We were having this conversation. I was like, okay, I just need to do it. I'm going to quit. It was like live recorded. So I was like, okay, now everyone knows that I've made this promise to myself. And it was really dramatic. I like packed up because I believe that everything holds energy. So I packed up all of my lingerie, my shoes, put everything in my stripper bag. And it was raining this day. So I like walked down the driveway in the rain. I was like, I'm done. and threw everything in the bin. Um, but yet so it's so hard to let go of, I think as well, it's been such a like highlight of my life, like all the girls. And it's just like, it's such a fun experience that it was hard letting that all go. 
Um, and a little side note as well is for me growing up, I'm dyslexic. So growing up, I had learning difficulties and a lot of teachers would kind of indirectly tell me that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't good enough. Whereas on the same, on the other hand, I was complimented for my looks from a really young age, like from the age of 10, I would go into school and boys would leave like little love notes and flowers on my desk, which is so cute. But as a 10 year old, that's, it's like a lot to take on. So from a really young age, I took on the belief that I'm beautiful, but I'm not intelligent. And so for me, it was really easy to go into stripping because it's like, yeah, I know that I'm hot. Of course, people want to pay to get a lap dance from me. But then going into my business, that was the biggest teacher because I had to learn to base my worth, not on my looks, not on my ability to please or my sexuality, but basing more of my, my worth on my, my gifts within like the coaching realm. So it was a huge teacher and a huge um, transition for me there. Mm. Mm. Yes. And it's like, and you're in the club and someone says no to a lap dance. I'm like, I don't care. I'm no, I know that I'm hot. Right. It doesn't feel like rejection. But when someone says, oh, I don't want to work with you, you're not, they're not interested in doing one of my programs, to me that really cut deep because I felt like I was being judged or rejected in a sense for a part of myself that I hold more wounding around and more trauma around. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm resonating so hard with this. Yeah. It's, it's like a lot of skills that you learn in the club do translate into entrepreneurship. But it's so different <laughs> when there's mm -hmm. not, when it's like so close to your heart that you're trying to sell. I mean, yeah, um, like those all of those um, mindset things around what your product is or your own worth. It's just like all of that comes to the surface, and so it's it's like the most intense inner work. I feel like um, as an entrepreneur that I have experienced really. Yeah. Um, I don't know. True. That just seems like a really big Your biggest blanket. teacher. It's big. Biggest teacher. Yeah. Um, totally. So, gosh, yeah, there's so much to talk about. But I wonder if we should take this in, in the direction of, you know, sexual empowerment and like what, I mean, I guess we're already talking about that. But what, how does that, what drew you to be passionate about teaching that? And then how, how do you approach that topic? It's a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, how would you start your journey? Sure. If that's how you begin with your clients, we can talk from there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when we talk about sexual empowerment, I think a lot of people just think that it's all about sex. It's all about sex and orgasms. But I think, as I said before, it's more about just feeling like deeply knowing who you are and fully owning your expression of yourself mm -hmm. as a woman, sexual and otherwise. I think that's really important. Um, and then it's all about the connection that you have with yourself, right? So when, when, we, when we're dating or in a relationship, we're having sex with other people, that's uh, that's always a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. So the depth of intimacy, the depth of love, the depth of pleasure, it's all set with the relationship. That's why I'm really passionate about the work that I do, which is more about 
self-love and self-pleasure. So I really, this is why I really work with women one-on-one, not so much in a couple, because when you're doing the work around self-pleasure, you are getting to know yourself, getting to know what your needs are, what your boundaries are, what your desires are. And once you know all of that, you're able to communicate that better to a partner, right? Like we can't expect our partners to know exactly what we want and what turns us on if we don't know that for ourselves. And I also have come to learn that, I mean, a lot of women will complain about men and what they're doing wrong sexually. So I hear this all the time. Women reach out to me and they're like, oh, it's so frustrating. He's always in a rush. He just goes straight for the clitoris. Like there's no time for me to feel relaxed. Um, And then my first question is always, okay, well, how are you making love to yourself? And usually it's the same thing, right? And a lot of this is habitual due to shame and not wanting to get caught when we're younger. But we generally as women will rush to orgasm when we are self-pleasuring. And so if you want to make, if you want a man to really take his time with you and to slow things down and to worship you, you have to do that for yourself. So self-pleasuring, starting really slow, like touching your body, touching your breasts, even like the lead up to the self-pleasure is like, we tend to put in a lot of effort getting ready for a man and looking sexy for a man, but why don't we do this for ourselves, right? Like having a shower, having a bath, making yourself feel sexy first and really turning it into a whole ritualistic experience. And then in this, you're actually reminding yourself of your worth. Like I'm worthy and I deserve this time to make myself feel good. I deserve pleasure. There's no need to rush because there's nothing else that's more important in this moment. And so you treating yourself like that queen that you are allows you to embody a deeper sense of worth. And then you'll notice that in the way that you're met with other people in, in sexual partnership. Mm. It's so important. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. And it's, because of all the shame and lack of education, it takes so much, so many of us so long to get to that understanding mm-hmm. uh, that we start, we start with that exploration in partnership. And it's like, we miss all that education, understanding of ourselves. Of course, we're unsatisfied because we don't know about our bodies. Our partners don't know about our bodies. So we have to take it into our own hands. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really... Uh, it's so important what you do and people who talk about this openly because it's just not prioritized otherwise. Like you have to decide it's your priority or no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to decide one day, like woman's pleasure is priority now. Like that yeah. has to be individual. And I think it's so hard for us to do because as women, we are taught to put other people before ourselves and put other people's needs before our own. And like I said before, we are kind of stuck in this society where there's so much, we prioritize all of the doing, right? So we're so fixated on our to-do list. And the thing is we tell ourselves that once I'm finished with all the doing, then I'll feel worthy. Then I can treat myself to pleasure, but we're so busy and those to-do lists just keep growing. So we never get to a point where we feel like we're enough. We never get to a place where we feel like we've done enough. So what I tell my clients is instead of using pleasure, and when I say pleasure, it might be self-pleasure with like one of the toys, or it might just be pleasure, like taking the afternoon to yourself to go lay on the beach and read a book, right? 
but we tell ourselves like once I do everything, then I can treat myself to myself to pleasure. And that time just never comes. So I tell my clients, instead of using pleasure as a reward, make it a priority. And when you begin to start with pleasure, starting your day in pleasure, you move through your day in this embodiment of pleasure, which makes you like, it makes you feel more turned on in touch with your creative energy makes you more magnetic to things that serve you. And I feel like there's just this sense of ease when you move through your day. And I learned this myself in my business. I would wake up and be like, okay, I need to hustle. And I'd go straight to my emails, emailing, doing the work, all the hustling. And I feel like it was taking me so long. I'd spend a whole day and then be like, what did I even do today? But then when I started prioritizing pleasure and feeling good, because I started my day in this embodiment of feeling good, that like overflowed into my work. Like when you feel good, you do good, you attract good. All of your clients and the people that you're connecting with can, can feel that they sense it. And because you're starting your day embodied in your creative energy, everything just flows. So when I started like making my mornings for myself and doing meditation or, um, just being really present while I drink my coffee or even self-pleasuring, I then feel like I only had to work like a few days, a few hours in that day because everything would just flow, right? So you actually end up saving time. And I think that's one of the reasons women don't self-pleasure always. It's, oh, I just don't have time. I'm so busy with work. I've got so much else on. But like if your pleasures, if you're not prioritizing your pleasure, like you said, no one else is going to. Yeah. It seems so oversimplified, but it, and it is simple, but it's not always easy to do. But once you start doing it, you see the impact of yeah. like prioritizing pleasure, like you said. And I notice, uh, like I have periods, like I had a recent period where I just totally slacked on my morning rituals, which for me, like I really do have to start my day with like two or three hours. I know this is not practical for a lot of people but for two or three hours like if I go straight to my phone and I skip that grounding part of my morning it's like so it's a wrap it's it's my day takes a totally different personality mm. <laughs> then I really take the time to meditate and ground and your product your pleasure treasure like this right here squirt for me is a very important part of my day yeah <laughs> this like if i start my day with this it's a very different day let me tell you that <laughs> yeah of course and you leave the house and you're like magnetic you're alive like self-pleasure like i said it's not just about orgasm right it allows you to fully reclaim your sparkle and your turn on for life it changes everything it's but nice. i love that you love this so much this is I everyone's are. favorite <laughs> let's talk about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> talk about it because it's really so um it's had such an impact for me and i don't talk about it enough so i'm glad we're, we're talking about it here it's <laughs> yeah squirt for me so like do you want to tell people about it a little bit from your like like what is the purpose of the shape and yeah. why oh squirt for me so this one i mean all of the pleasure treasures come with their own intention this one's specifically designed to support women to squirt. So whether you already know how to, or you want to learn how to, and it's designed with this little curve 
because you'll enter it like this and it curves upwards towards the G spot. Well, the G spot is not necessarily a spot, but it's just an area um, inside the vagina, a couple of uh, centimeters to like a couple of inches just inside towards the belly button. So the front wall of your vagina. Um, and I know we're going to be talking a little bit about what squirting is. I feel like there's always, there's always a lot of chat, like whether it's urine or not, like nobody knows. Right. And people just are just so unsure because there hasn't been that much study around it. Mm -hmm. To be honest, most of the time women are squirting. It probably is urine. Mm -hmm. However, when you're stimulating the G-spot, so just behind the G-spot is the skin's gland, which is almost like the female prostate. And what can happen is when you're stimulating the skin's gland, it can build up a fluid that's then released through the urethra. So this will be like female ejaculation and you'll know the difference because if it's urine, it'll be more of a clear color. Whereas if it is ejaculation, it'll be almost like a whitey color. So it's almost similar to the, the fluid that's released uh, when a man orgasms or when he comes obviously minus the semen, but there's another fluid that the semen is mixed into, which helps the sperm uh, survive and move as it's coming out of the penis. Um, and they don't really know the reason behind it. There's, there's some scientists say that, um, that, I mean, we all come from the same blueprint when we're babies. And so they're saying maybe there is just no use for it. And it's something that is needed in men and it's just something that we just have to have happen to have in women kind of like how men have nipples but they don't really need them right and then there's some other scientists that say it's used to flush out the urethra after sex so that we don't get uh utis mm. so i mean there's no fact like no one really knows why but i always say like it doesn't really matter if it feels good and it feels empowering and it's bringing you pleasure and you feel fucking sexy when you're doing it who cares like just right. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference between like, I mean, fixating on the brain reason, right? And yeah. Your body that like, this feels good. That's enough. <laughs> that's you all. Know? Yeah. And yeah. also like, I actually had a, a video on squirting on my YouTube. I've taken it down now, but it went wild. It had like 3 million views or something. And the comments were just so funny. Like so many people had commented on this video and most of the comments were like, Oh my God, this is disgusting. I can't believe you would pee on somebody like, Oh my gosh. Like, it's so funny. Cause I bet it's those same men that are like, yeah, come on my face. Like what they will, they want you to come on their face. So they want to come on your face. They want to come all over you. But then they think that pee is disgusting. It's like, who cares? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the devil, the devil. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I was like, I want to talk about this because I think a lot of people get really, you know, we're, we learn about orgasm through the male example because it's so mm. visible. Mm. So I think a lot of people get really wrapped up in like the end goal mm. of orgasm and squirting. And it's like, becomes another point of measuring themselves against the enoughness or like the, you know, the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I, I always just like to remind people with pussies, like the journey is the destination, right? Because like who in the end, who gives a fuck? 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's so true. And it's very masculine to be goal driven and to be focused on that end result. So for men, they're really focused on like initiation and then they're rushed like straight to penetration. And then it almost feels like a rush to orgasm. So they're really focused on those three, those three points. Whereas I think for women, we really thrive, like you said, in the journey and in the spaces in between. So we almost like the build up and like the flirting before sex is even initiated. And then oftentimes we prefer the foreplay and we really want to slow down and like bathe in that yumminess before penetration. And I feel we've really lost touch with, yeah, just allowing ourselves to be present in the pleasure rather than focusing on what's ahead of us and focusing on orgasm. And actually that's, it's almost like a catch 22, but if you focus less on orgasm and allow yourself to be more present with the pleasure that's there with you in the moment, you're going to end up having better or better orgasms because what happens is as soon as you focus on orgasm, not only are you taking yourself out of the pleasure that's in that moment, so you're no longer being present, but you're actually putting a lot of pressure on your body to perform. And when our bodies are under pressure, they actually begin to shut down, right? Whereas if you let go of the goal of orgasm, your body feels more open. It, your body almost feels like it's enough because it's not like, oh, I'm not doing the, I'm not, if you're not having an orgasm, you kind of put this pressure on yourself of it, like you're not enough or you're not doing the right thing or you're broken. So you let go of all of that and you focus just being present on the pleasure that's there with you. And what happens is you become so present that you end up actually folding into that pleasure and that turns into orgasm. Right. The same thing is like, you'll actually be able to experience orgasm in new ways. So from different types of stimulation, different positions, if you remove the goal, because as soon as you set the goal or in your mind, you're focused on orgasm, the stories of how come up as well. So how is it going to show up? Um, and as soon as you go into that, we've trained ourselves usually to rely on a certain type of stimulation or a certain type of, or certain position. So we go back into that to support ourselves reaching that goal of orgasm. Whereas letting go of the goal altogether, you're more open. So you're like, you don't know how it's going to show up. It might show up in a way that you've never experienced before, but you're only going to be able to explore that if you give yourself the opportunity by taking away that goal. Right. Right. Like it's not so much of a doing thing, orgasm, like something to get done. It's like a surrendering into doing mm. it. Right. It's a state of being. And I think that helps as well, rather than, especially for women who haven't yet experienced orgasm, you can change your viewpoint and just affirm to yourself that I am orgasmic. So it's no longer something that happens to you. It's something that you are. It's a mm. state of being. Mm. I like that reframe. Mm. I am orgasmic. That I feels good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else that you want to say about like this specific toy uh, or wand? I don't know. Yeah. I like to call it a wand. Uh, so this one actually, they all come with their own practice. So most of them come with an audio practice that'll take you through pleasure or healing or manifestation. This one actually comes with a video demonstration. I don't know if you have that. Did you get the video? Yeah. 
And I think it's amazing because, I mean, it's easy to go online and search for videos of squirting, but they're generally filmed for uh, entertainment reasons for men. And the way that this is filmed, it's filmed in a very educational way for women. And the first time I watched it, I actually like nearly started crying because I was like, this is just so beautiful. Like this is what the world needs. And it's so wholesome. It feels like you're sitting on the end of your bed with your big sister and she's just like showing you the ropes and showing you how it works. And the way it's not myself, it's someone else that filmed it for me, but the way that she shares and like shows you, I think it's just amazing. Mm. And so shame-free. So I think even just watching the video and seeing how, like, it's almost, like, so pure and innocent, it gives you permission to drop some of the shame that you might be holding around your own sexuality. Mm. Yeah, it's so refreshing, that video. It's just mm. like, here is a pussy. I am a person who owns it. I'm going to show you me squirting. It's like, yeah. wow, okay, well it's normal as anything else you know really refreshing yeah I also, I also have a question about squirting so i think i think i know the answer right when you squirt it's not always like we imagine it to be like a man squirting outwards across the room right <laughs> i think a lot of people have an image that squirting is this one thing and so they're like have to get to that Oh yeah. Yeah. But there's no right or wrong. I mean, everyone's sexuality is going to look different. Um, I mean, for some women it might like gush a little bit, but sometimes it can just be a little trickle. So, I mean, we have to stop comparing ourselves and our expression and what our sexuality looks like because there's no right or wrong. And I think again, this is us basing our orgasm off the male model where And what we see in porn is, like, it's really hard, fast. They come quite quickly, and it's this, like, peak orgasm, right? And for women, oftentimes, it takes us a lot longer. It can take us, like, 45 minutes, an hour, to get really turned on to the point of orgasm. And it's not always going to be this hard, fast, explosive orgasm. Sometimes it's more of a, a valley orgasm where there's not this strong peak, but it comes up just gently, and we might stay there and simmer there for a long time. I think the same thing is with arousal. We believe that we must be turned on really quickly and we we have to be turned on or in the mood before sex is initiated. So that's also something that we have kind of copy and pasted from the male model is that we must be aroused and turned on and desire sex and men it initiated. But oftentimes for women, sex is initiated and then we're turned on or then we desire sex afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. It's completely normal for women to experience that. But I think what happens is a lot of women are desiring sex. It's not that they don't want it. But when their partner initiates, if they're not on the, in the mood, they'll just turn it down and go, I'm not in the mood, I'm not turned on. So what I say to my clients is, I mean, I have to be careful the way that I word this because I'm not saying go against your boundaries if it's a strong no and you're like, I'm not interested. Obviously say no, you're allowed to turn it down. But if there's a part of you that's like, no, like I am desiring this, but I'm not feeling physically turned on, lean in a little bit and give yourself time. 
because a lot of women are just turning it down before giving themselves a chance to get turned on. So what this can look like is instead of making sex about pleasure or orgasm, instead of it needing to look like highly erotic and what we see in porn, just make it more about connection, make it about love. And as you begin to lean into that experience, you'll notice that you'll feel more turned on and have more desire. Hmm. Yeah, that I think that has a lot to do with this dissociation, right? This mm-hmm. like lack of communication with pussy and mind and like rest of the body. It's like so kind of this topic and this theme that's over there that a lot of people have to spend time to sensitize again and like come back to understanding their own desire and practicing, you know, listening to their body and surrendering more and like just getting in touch with sensuality and sexuality. Like you said, not just when you're in the bed, but like throughout your day, just Mm. like part of your whole existence. Yeah. That's what happens. A lot of women don't take the time with themselves and they're not tapped into their sexuality, their sensuality. And so if you're not making the time to do that, our sexual energy, I say it's like water. So over time it will become frozen. And then what happens is a lot of women are relying on their partners to get them turned on, to get them in the mood. And so you're showing up to your partner with this stagnant sexual energy. And no matter what they do, they're not going to be able to activate that within you. So it's your job to stay connected to your body, to stay connected to your feminine, your sexuality, your sensuality, so that your sexual energy is almost at this like simmering stage throughout your day. Mm -hmm. So then when it does come time, you come home to your partner and he or she initiates, you're there, you're already in the mood, right? It's not going to take you so long to meet them on their level. Mm. Yeah. And even like, I want to tease out a word that you said, it's your job, like it's your job, but it's also so fun. (laughs) Yeah. So much play. It's so juicy, right? It's like orgasmic. So it's it's not work in the end no it's not prioritize it shouldn't be work but it is i find it so interesting there is so much resistance and don't get me wrong even myself i'm like i'll do a self-pleasure practice today and if i know i want to extend it and make it a 45 minute hour-long practice sometimes i still get resistance like there's something else i should be doing something this surely there's something more important but for all of us there is so much resistance around pleasure and it's so wild. It's like I'm feeling good. Right. Any day that you put pleasure before like work is a revolution. <laughs> yeah. So it really makes an impact. So do you yeah. want to share a little bit about some of the other toys since we talked about this one a lot? So I brought this one here with me as well. So yep. when I first started the pleasure treasures, I originally, they were all glass. And these are really great for penetration. The reason for that is they offer really natural stimulation, right? So if you use something that vibrates a lot of the time, you might become dependent on that stimulation. So then if you were the partner, obviously their fingers, penis aren't going to vibrate. You might not be used to it. So I feel like the glass is really empowering for that reason. I also love glass because it's non-porous. It's super hygienic, easy to clean. And because it's not porous, it's not going to soak up any natural or lubricant that you might be using. So I feel like it offers just like a really smooth stimulation. Um, 
So glass are my favorite. I love the glass. And add some love for the glass. Love it. Love it. So so I love glass. But what happened then is I had so many women reaching out to me like, um, is it safe? I'm too scared to use glass. Is it too hard? And I always laugh because I'm like, no woman has ever complained that a man's penis is too hard. So why are we scared that glass is going to be too hard, right? (laughs) And also you're in control. You're in control of how you want to use it. So I feel like that offers a sense of safety as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so many women were asking if I was going to bring out something that vibrates or something for clitoral stimulation. I mean, you can use glass on your clitoris if you're using it quite gently, but a lot of women were asking specifically for a clit stimulation toy so then i brought out quickie which is my newest toy so these two are actually the most popular this one actually i have on sale today for 24 hours it's 50 percent off this is insane so i call this the fast food of sex toys like you wouldn't want to be using this every single day and it's what i was saying before is a lot of women will rush straight to the clitoris and they'll have a really quick orgasm and you kind of miss out on just bathing in that pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is great if you're like, you don't have much time, if you're feeling a little lazy, I don't know, like hungover, you know, those moods where you're like, I want to have an orgasm, but I kind of see BF at the same time. So, yeah. this side here, you place on your clitoris and it offers like a little sucky uh, sensation. So, it, it vibrates through uh, air vibration. And it's amazing. Honestly, the first time I used it, I was like, this is so funny. But I was like, I'm going to time and see how long it takes me to come. So I timed it and it was 40 seconds from like, like not even touching myself to like full blown orgasm. And so many women have messaged me since like that thing. It's insane. But yeah, as I said, fast food of sex toys, I wouldn't use it every single day. You can also fold it in half so you can use it penetration and clit stimulation at the same time. To be honest, a lot of women have told me that they prefer using this internally because it is a little bit softer, but I kind of find like with this, um, material, like the silicone, it gets a little bit grippy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So the glass like slides really easily, whereas this, it kind of grips a little bit, which I don't find very comfortable. So you could even use like the clit sucky side with the, um, squirt for me. That's a fun little combo. Maybe combination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are your most popular ones. They're the most popular. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to try that one. It's, yeah, it's been so, um, I think for a long time I didn't have a toy because like, I wasn't really into, um, I wasn't, I'm not really into vibrators to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I think for that same reason that we were talking about of like the desensitization mm-hmm. perhaps that could occur if you use it daily, mm-hmm. but I, do, uh, I really, really love the glass, but you know, I'm not like totally that door's not closed. I'm definitely interested. I haven't really explored the, that like function, the clit, yeah. um, vibration function. So, you know, I'm very interested. <laughs> I'll send you one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, to inter- to also interject, I'm also an affiliate of pleasure treasures. So my, my code is Alyssa 10 for 10% off at any given time. 
just to to share that and i want to be sharing about these products a lot more as um yeah there's just always something to promote i feel like as an entrepreneur i'm still figuring out how to integrate all the different areas of things that you know that i'm passionate about but it's always a work in progress yeah i feel you (laughs) Yeah, but it's, it's, I'm happy to have this conversation now to point people towards because I'm always getting questions about sex toys and about squirting. And it's like, now we have all of this dialogue that I could say, well, listen in here. There's, there's so much good information here. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've covered everything we set out to, to, to discuss. Do you feel complete? Is there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. That was fun. I'm just glad we finally got to connect. I know we're in the DMs all the time, but it's nice to connect face-to-face. It really is. Is there any way that we can support you right now? Anything that you're offering that you want to tell us about? Um, I don't have any live programs at the moment. I have a couple spots open for one-on-one if anyone wanted to work with me one-on-one. Um, you can go on my website, which is astymarie.com. That's where I have all of my pre-recorded masterclasses on pleasure, embodiment, orgasm, boundaries, all that good stuff. Otherwise, go check out the pleasure treasures. They can use your code. Do you say it was Alyssa 10? Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share. This is super enlightening and the work you do is so important. So I'm grateful that, that we had this conversation. Thank you so much. So beautiful to connect. As mentioned, my code for Pleasure Treasures is ALYSSA10, all caps, and will get you 10% off your wand. Happy squirting and self-pleasuring, y'all. Head to the link in the show notes to check out these fun toys. So what did this conversation bring up for you? Feel free to DM me on Instagram at sensual underscore radiance to share your thoughts and stay connected because I continue to share pussy-empowered content there every damn day. I'd also love if you'd take a moment to help spread the legs. Okay, I mean the message of Pussy Power by writing a review or sharing this episode with a friend. And you can get on my email list with the link in the description where I send weekly updates about all the virtual and in-person classes, performances, and other offerings coming up. I also send playlists, new self-produced choreography videos, and other fun things. So stay tuned.